This is Theology Gals, Episode 9, on Assurance. This podcast is a member of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. All right, welcome everybody to another podcast episode with Semper Reformanda Radio. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. Welcome everyone to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. Well, welcome to the School of Biblical Harmonetics. Welcome everybody to Grappling with Theology. What is going on, guys? Shine as lights coming at you. Well, welcome to Slick Answers. Good evening and welcome to the Conversations from the port. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bible Thumping Wingnut Podcast. The Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Ten podcasts, one network. Check them out. BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Welcome to Theology Gals. This is episode nine on assurance, and I'm Colleen Sharp, and with my co-host Ashley Glassick. And before we get to our subject, how are you doing this week, Ashley? Um, I'm doing well. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to a conference, not a no, a retreat uh, with my presbytery. It's a women's retreat. And I'm going with my my pastor's wife and and um, another woman from our church. So I'm pretty excited about that uh, first first retreat I've gone to with with um, my church. So is it the women? Is that all the women in your presbytery? Yeah, it's the Southern California Presbytery for for the OPC. So yeah, it's going to be like up in the mountains and we're staying in like a lodge. I am just so excited because it's, I don't know how the weather's out there in Colorado, but it's already like a hundred degrees here (laughs) and up in the mountains, it's still like 60 degrees. So I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. We had on, on Monday, like late afternoon, evening, I was walking around in short sleeves and we have this crab apple tree in front of our house that blooms and it was really getting to the pretty point, but I knew the snow was coming. I took a picture of it even. I knew the snow was coming the next day. It was probably going to ruin it. And the next day, everything was just covered. And now it is back to being nice, but that's kind of Colorado, but it doesn't yeah. ever get really, it, it doesn't get like California. You mean hot? Usually we have. Hot. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, we kind of live in the desert out here, so it's it gets pretty hot. So, yes, as it you gets, know, as you know, <laughs> yes, it can it can get really. I mean, it can get 110 and things like that. Does yeah. Does your school have air conditioning where you teach? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's it's like always okay. On. That's good. I keep my room super cold. <laughs> Because yeah, not I, all of them did when really? I was growing up. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've changed that for the most part. Public schools have, have added have added air conditioners everywhere. Right. Well, uh, I started going to school in the 1970s, so I think things have yeah have changed a little bit. And and we're different I think ages, I was, as our listeners <laughs> might know. We're different ages. Right. <laughs> and the... Um, on the block that I grew up in in Corona, we were the first family, I think, on our street to get air conditioning. So it's a pretty big deal. Wow. Yeah. I don't no, think it was a big deal. It's not as common as it is as it well, is um, today. I'm a millennial. Well, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know a time before air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, I remember. My parents, I do remember VHS, but. You know, besides that, I don't know. <laughs> my my parents were really good at like when new things came out it, at having them. So we were often the first family to have a lot of things. I think the house that we that my parents bought in 1974, I was one years old, had a dishwasher. Not you know, not a lot of our neighbors did. And when VCRs came out, we got one, but we had to go to Orange County to rent movies and my dad worked down there 
So he would sometimes surprise us with renting movies on Friday nights or that sort of thing. And let's see, we got cable. Wow. And we had a computer early on. I'm not even sure. I was trying to remember. I think it was in the early 80s we had a computer, which a lot of people didn't have them. So, yeah, things have changed, changed a lot. I was, I was just going to say, do you, do you think we should tell our listeners who our guest is next week or keep them in no. suspense? Keep them in suspense. We'll okay. just tell them that we're really excited. Like, yeah, really a couple excited. of the ladies. <laughs> yeah. The, tonight, a couple of the ladies in the group were asking me, they're like, who's coming on? And they started guessing and I said, nope. And they said one person and I said, that's very close, which mm-hmm. I thought was going to be a giveaway, but, um, Last I looked, they still hadn't gotten it. But I think I think there's a good chance that the ladies in our group are going to figure it out before. Yep. Um, so, yep, they might, they might. Yeah. So we're we're really excited. Uh, so we're taking a break this week from. We've been doing our series. What do they believe? Uh, we're taking a break from that. We'll be back with that next week. We're going to do next week. We're going to do an episode on covenant theology. So we've what have we covered so far? We covered Lutheranism. Anglican, and now I'm blanking. What did we do last week? Dispensational. Oh, how can I forget? Okay, so last week we did dispensationalism. So this week we're taking a break. Next week we'll be back with um, covenant theology, which we get a ton of questions about. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that one. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. You know something else? You know, you know what? We're gonna go to commercial. I was going to I was going to say something but let's go to commercial. Let's come back and I'll say what I was going to say and get into our topic for tonight. Yep, that sounds good. Okay. Looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach? Look no further. At tractplanet.com, we have solid biblical tracks that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracks available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new tract just for you. We are committed to the solid biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at TrackedPlanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's TRACTPlanet.com, coupon code BTWN. Okay, and we're back. And what I was going to say, Ashley, is the one topic besides probably covenant theology and infant baptism that I get so many notes on and questions is assurance. And that's one reason I really wanted to do this episode tonight. I think the different backgrounds that people come from and just naturally, I think it's our, our human nature to struggle with our mm-hmm. assurance. Yeah. And I know so many women in particular, just, I don't know if it's particularly hard for women. It's probably not, but I just have talked to so many women that really struggle with having assurance of their salvation. And it comes up a lot in our group. And so I'm, I'm really glad we're, we're discussing that one. Yeah. And I think for women, a lot of us can be, um, sensitive, maybe sensitive, sometimes emotional. And I think it's easy to base um, our ground, our assurance in how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we'll, we'll talk about tonight. Um, We, this is going to be, I'm going to have pretty long resource sheet on this one because in studying this, I just found so much good stuff and we're not Ashley looked at it and she said, wow, that's a lot. So we are not (laughs) going to get to all of this tonight. There's so much scripture. I've got so, so many things from the confession and I put it all there. So definitely check out the resource sheet, which is 
um, on if you go to BibleThumpingWingnut.com and click on Theology Gals in this episode, you'll see it because there's just so much scripture that addresses this. And yeah. I also asked in the group today about assurance and what things cause people to struggle with it. And so we're going to go through some of those too. But um, the first first thing I would ask, and this, there's probably, this seems really obvious. So Colleen, can we have assurance of our salvation? Yes. And you know what? In my research, I read so many things, but I have to say one of my favorite things that I read was from R. Scott Clark. Cause, and I'm going to link this article and it's, it's actually titled, Can We Have Assurance? And so I think in talking to the ladies tonight, and one of the things that came up over and over the ladies saying why people struggle with assurance and they would say because of the lack of obedience. And I think that's a huge one because even though we are growing in sanctification, still struggle with sin. And I love this. It's one of my very, very favorite quotes from R. Scott Clark. He says, the fruit of faith strengthens our assurance, but it is not the basis of it. The sole basis ground of assurance is Christ's righteousness for us and his unshakable promises to us. I think this is the important thing is what is, yes, we can have assurance and how, and by trusting in Christ, by, by faith in Christ, that we can have assurance because of that. He, but our good works cannot be the basis for our assurance. And I think in Wesleyanism, and not even just Wesleyanism, there's such an emphasis on good works being part of your salvation. And of course, yeah. they they kind of teach a, a faith works theology. And you know, I, I wonder sometimes, John Wesley said of Lutherans that they're strong in the gospel, but weak on sanctification. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes Wesleyans think, well, if you say faith alone, then the people are just going to do what they want. But that that's a bad understanding of sanctification. And I think really understanding justification and sanctification. So what is it that's part of our justification, which, you know, is the ground of our assurance? And what is our sanctification? And I do want to do an episode on sanctification in more detail um, coming up, but really trust in Christ alone. Look to the cross. Look to look to the finished work of Christ for your assurance. Yeah, and I I think that there's kind of an issue in broader evangelical churches where I think you you kind of touched on this where they say you can have assurance because look at what God has done in your life. Look back at look back at your moment of conversion, um, which some of us had these really drastic conversions. Some of us didn't. Um, like look, me, yeah, yeah. So we're kind of opposite in that. Mine was pretty drastic. Yours wasn't. Um, look, look at all that God has done. And in some sense, they're not they're not totally off because I've been a Christian now almost six years, and I can look back at. I can look back at my life and I can, well, one, I did have a drastic conversion. I, I recall it like vividly, but I can also look back and see things that God has done um, to change me that I know, I know we're not of me. I know we're of him. Um, so there, there is some, there's like a nugget of truth in there. There's a nugget of, you can see some fruit, but the problem that I see is them saying, um, that is the basis of your of your um, right. salvation, your assurance. You know, l- look at all he's done. That's, and and I think the problem with that being the basis of your assurance is we we go through valleys, and I don't know about you, Colleen, but I have bad days, weeks, months where if someone were to just look at the fruit in my life. I don't know that they would say, oh, certainly she's a Christian. I don't know that I would say that if I was only going off the fruit that I say in my life. And I think if if that's all someone knows, 
is all they've been taught is to to be a navel gazer and just kind of inspect their fruit. Um, they're going to come away really discouraged when they have that really bad slip into sin or just a bad week, month, year, <laughs> you know, that's, right. it's so discouraging, especially those lingering sins. Like I just can't seem to, to overcome this, you know? Um, so that, that's, I think that's the big problem there is it, it can't be the only thing we look at. It's, it's right. one thing we look at. Yeah. That's, and that's why I love what's, what R. Scott Clark says, because I love how he says the fruit of faith strengthens our assurance, but it's not the basis of it. I, I just think that said, that is said so perfectly that Christ is, he is the basis for our assurance. These other things, Christ's work in our lives, the fruit, all of that can strengthen our assurance, but it cannot be the basis for it. We have to look outside of ourselves for that real basis for our assurance. Like Ashley was saying, those bad days or those, you know, I think sometimes some women feel far from God Mm -hmm. and so they maybe don't have assurance. I, one of my favorite Psalms, um, Psalm 13 starts out with, you know, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you keep hiding your face from me? I mean, that that's some desperation. I think some of us have had those moments where we feel so far from God. Has he forgotten me? And, but I love the end of that Psalm because, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he has dealt kindly with me. I love that because even on those times where from God, I don't feel secure, I I can still proclaim what I know to be true about Christ and who he is and what he's done. And I can find hope in that even when maybe I'm not feeling things. And also, I think today too is is often so important in so many churches. You know, I mean, I there's so much emphasis on, you know, I went to church this morning and I felt this during the singing or I did this and not everyone has those experiences all the time or feels those things. Yeah. I think someone mentioned that in, in our group about, you know, just there's a lot of, um, some churches are very emotional driven. The worship is very emotional driven. Um, And you look at everyone else and you're like, wow, they're so emotional. Like during, you know, the singing portion of worship, why don't I feel that way? Like what, what's wrong with me? Shouldn't I be feeling that way? Like if I was really saved, wouldn't I feel that way? Um, And that's so scary. I mean, it, that's just, I think that's devastating. Like to, to, to kind of measure yourself against what other people are feeling or doing, um, that's very hard. Yeah. You know what? And I'm going to link this in our, in our sheet, um, because it's so good. Have you, have you seen that video that's going around? I think they have it on like reform thug life and some places around with DA Carson. Um, um when he's, well, I'll just, I'll just share it. So And I'm sure many of our listeners have seen it, but I will link it in the resource sheet. But D.A. Carson is kind of talking about a Passover, and he gives an example of two men, and they both put the blood over their doors, trying to make sure that their oldest son is 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 not killed, that they're passed over from the curse. And so he gives an example of two men. You have one who trusts so strongly in the promises of God. You know, he is so confident that having the blood of the lamb, um, that the curse will pass over and not kill his firstborn son. Another man says, well, you know, I did it, but I don't know. You know, I'm pretty scared. I'm not 100% sure about this. And he says, so which one did the curse pass over? And he says, both of them. Because it wasn't based on how assured they were. It was based on the blood of the lamb. I just... I saw that and I, I actually wasn't expecting that last line. You really should share that video. It's so great. And I, I was really encouraged by that because it's like, can you imagine if, if our salvation was dependent on how sure we were of our salvation, like how shaky of a thing that would be. 
thank God that it is not. Right. Yes. Thank God. And I I heard someone say, and I can't even remember now, it may have been a quote somewhere, but somebody said something, there's a difference between our assurance and our security. So just Mm -hmm. because we don't feel the assurance does not mean that we are not secure. Right. That's, I love that. Um, I'm going to link from R. Scott Clark. This, and this is important too. This kind of goes with what you were talking about with the, you know, the good days and the bad days and that sort of thing. He says, will your assurance always be perfect and equally strong? No. And he says, the Westminster Confession chapter four deals with that question. Brilliant. Our assurance ebbs and flows. And I'm going to link that there, but that that's a really important point is that there are days when I just feel so close to God and just see him doing so many things and where I am discouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another, another example I can think of just from talking that just, this is just over the years talking to people is um, I think about doing our daily devotions and being in prayer and how, you know, we, we want to do that every day and there's times when we're not. And then we are just like, what's, like it really, it almost kind of freaks you out a bit. Like what, what's going on with me that I haven't done my daily devotion in three days, you know, or, you know, you get really scared almost like as if whether or not you do your daily devotion is a mark of whether or not you should be sure of how saved you are. Like, you know, right. I, and I'm not at all saying that you, you shouldn't be doing those things. Of course, of course you should be in the word, right. but you shouldn't be using your, your daily devotion um, or your ability, whether or not you're doing it as a measuring stick for how saved you are. And I think our Scott Clark talks about this with, you know, spiritual disciplines and how they've kind of yes. been, kind of been wrongly used in the church as, you know, certainly read, read your Bible. Like, of course, like that is, you know, your daily bread, read that, but don't, don't measure yourself based on, on how well, you know, how well you stick to that. Um, You shouldn't be doing that. That that's not grounds for your assurance or for your sense of, of assurance in, in your salvation. Right. And this this actually gets into kind of the sanctification thing, and we'll have to dive into it in another episode about sanctification. But we should not be reading our Bibles and praying to make sure we have assurance. That should not be our motivation for those things. We should do those things because we love God and because he has sent his son to pay for our sins mm-hmm. and because he's working in our lives. And another thing about sanctification, I actually want to... Um, did I write that one down? Yes, I um and I love the Westminster Catechism on Sanctification. I think it is just is just wonderful. It says sanctification is a work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. So our good works is is not even dependent on us. It is because he is working inside of us because we are united to him. Yeah, and I, and I, I think, think I, I think there's a lot of teaching out there that says that it's that kind of confuses those things, right? We we've talked about this that they they kind of get confused and that that your good works are actually coming from how committed you are to um, these spiritual disciplines and not not from Christ where scripture clearly teaches that our good works are from him. We're not, we're not producing these things. Right. Like Ephesians two 10 for we, you know, after it says that we are justified by grace through faith, it says for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, but we are his workmanship. He is working in us. I like to say, if you are a Christian, you can't help it but do good works and grow in sanctification because he is working in you and he has promised to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me, let me look through too many notes. I think, that I, took. I, think, 
I think this that what you just said kind of leads us into our our next point, which is about you know assurances based ultimately on God's promises and not not on our experience. You listed like several verses here that I I think are really great, like Romans four, uh, Romans five, um, that I think are really helpful in understanding that our assurance is linked to God's promises. Um, which one? Which one should I read? Romans four, or Romans five. You think How, the five one is a little short, shorter. So for time, okay. Um, so Romans five one through three says, therefore, since we have just, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also attained obtained access by faith into this grace, which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So that's, I think that's really good. Yeah, that's really helpful in understanding it comes from from him. Must be good because I put it twice. Yeah, and I, you know, I just I love um, like there's another verse that there, you know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Love that. You know, there's just so there's so many verses. Just go read through Romans. Mm-hmm. You know, go read through Romans. And I was talking to a friend just this afternoon about Hebrews. There, It's just all over the place there, you know, in these, in, in all of scripture, in all of scripture. Right. So, and then, yeah. um, now, sorry, I'm losing my place. This is what happens when, when I take too many notes. <laughs> um, how about what John Calvin says in his institutes? Um, okay. So it says, Um, John Calvin says, now we shall possess a right definition of faith if we call it a firm and certain knowledge of God's benevolence towards us, founded upon the truth of the freely given promised in Christ, both revealed to our minds and sealed upon our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And I I like that he, he points that out. I don't think we've mentioned yet the work of the Holy Spirit in our assurance. Um, What do you think about that? I was thinking about that. And even the the thing is, is the fact that we have faith in Christ, that is something that comes from the Holy Spirit. Even that is something that comes. And I, I put the Westminster Catechism, what is true faith? And true faith is not only a certain knowledge whereby I hold for truth, all that God has revealed to us in his word, but also a hearty trust, which the Holy Spirit works in me by the gospel that not only to others, but to me also forgives of sins, everlasting righteousness and salvation are freely given by God, merely of grace, only for the sake of Christ's merits. Oh, I, that's, I just said, oh, the Westminster, I'm always amazed at how well the Westminster <laughs> words these things. But the whole it's because of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives that we even have faith in Christ. That, that should strengthen our assurance. Because we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and he made us alive in Christ and gave us faith. Mm-hmm. All of that, you know, we didn't muster any of it up. And you know what? God didn't wait for us to be good to do it. <laughs> he died for us while we were sinners. You know, I think about that verse a lot, too. It wasn't because he didn't look through time and and say, you know, that person right there is hearing. So I think I'll die for them. I mean, right. he loved us while we were at our ickiest and most sinful and dead in, dead in sin. Something my, my pastor said recently that I just thought was so helpful is he pointed out that a lot of times we view faith as something you either have it or you don't. And if you're someone who struggles with assurance, you're probably thinking, I just don't have that faith. But my pastor pointed out that faith is something that can grow and it can shrink. And so he challenged us as a congregation. He's like, is faith something you're, you're praying for? Are you, are you asking the Lord to, to grow your faith, to, 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 to develop a stronger trust in, in his promises? I was really challenged by that, you know, because I, I kind of, Sometimes I think of faith like that. You know, it's something you either have or you don't. Like, you you know, like we know upon salvation, you know, we have faith. But 
um, just to think of it as something that's growing, that's ebbing and flowing kind of, and that he's working in us. Um, I don't know. Have, have you heard that before, Colleen? I, I haven't heard it, heard it quite like that. I, but that's really interesting. Um, I know that just trusting in the Lord, I know that's something I, I often see. I'm, I think, I think as far as assurance itself, that some people may struggle for various reasons more than others. But for me, my, my greater struggle has been sometimes trusting in the Lord. And I have been on my face just, Lord, I, I, cannot trust you on my own and I need you to help me trust you. And I have prayed that many times because I've had moments where I'm just, I don't understand Lord what you're doing. Right. Um, so I think it would be kind of the same thing, but that's, that's, that's really interesting. What was he preaching through when he said that? Uh, second Thessalonians. Okay. I would have to go back and look at the reference, but it was, yeah, that was very, that was very unique to me. Um, uh, so I, that's just something I've been thinking about is and something that's that I'm I've been praying for now that I don't think I was praying for. And, and I think, it, you know, that cry in script. I can't gosh, I can't think of where that is in scripture, but where it's like, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. Yes. Uh, is it the centurion yeah. who cried? And so I think I think it kind of goes back to that. Like, I believe Yet, right. <laughs> yet my unbelief, oh, my like, unbelief. Lord, I, like, I can't on my own just create this, this belief that, well, I, you know. And you know, that actually brings up another point is that our, our own belief and faith will never, it's never going to be perfect. We do not obey perfectly. Let's move on to some of these other things. So it's not too long. Oh, I wanted to say something I put earlier, and I think this is a really good point too. It's I think in so many churches, the gospel is like this initial thing, but then it's like, okay, they have the gospel, so they don't need it anymore. And on the White Horse Inn, Rod Rosenblatt always says, the gospel is for Christians too. And I think when you're struggling with assurance, go back to the gospel. Be reminded of the gospel and what Christ has done be reminded of his finished work on the cross because I think I, I kind of saw it in a lot of churches that I went to when I was younger, where someone would become a Christian. It's like, okay, now that you're a Christian, here's the list of things that you have to do. Almost like that spiritual disciplines that you were talking about, Ashley. Right. Yeah. And Which, there's, I mean, there's not really a lot of hope in that. Yeah. And I think we kind of touched on that in the beginning is it. I think that was all I was taught when I was younger is that you, you look at your fruit and based on your fruit, you can say, Oh yeah, I'm totally a Christian. Like <laughs> look at, look at all that, you know, I'm doing. Right. And I think sometimes one of the things on that list, when we, when I asked about assurance, some people said, you know, looking at other people. So you, you look at someone else and I hear this one a lot, you know, but God's just, that person is just so much more sanctified. How come maybe I'm not a Christian because I'm not that sanctified, but the Lord is working in all of us, you know, in different ways and different times and different amounts at different times. And so you can't kind of go and compare yourself and you might not know what that other person is secretly struggling with. And I think another thing that happens is as we draw closer to Christ, the more we see our sin. And so we can think, oh, I'm growing. And then you're drawing close to Christ. You're in his word. You're seeing your sin. You're seeing things in your life you didn't even really think about before. And it can be really discouraging and needing to go back to the gospel and remembering there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, you know, just remembering that the basis of our assurance is the finished work of Christ. And I have so many verses here, ladies, and it would we'd be here all night if we, you know, went through all of them. So I'm going to just move on. I had actually quite a bit about all of that. Oh, I, I know one thing I wanted to say. Um, I was sent this book to read and review. It's a Lutheran book, but there was something in there that I thought fit with this. Really, really really perfectly, I thought. And it's it's a book by Scott Keith. 
um, called Being Dad Fathers, A Picture of God's Grace. The one thing he said, and this just really hit me quite strongly, it says, our sin is what causes us to believe that the solution to every problem or any problem is just to throw a little more law at it. And I think that's exactly what we do in assurance. It's kind of like, well, if I obey more, I'm going to feel, you know, I'm going to feel better if I just obey more. I think that is the temptation. But if you're struggling with your assurance, look to Christ. That's yeah. that's actually the It's not working harder is not the answer, but looking to Christ, because if you're looking inside yourself, you will be constantly discouraged. Look outside yourself to the finished work of Christ. Yep. We are like, we're not guaranteed that tomorrow we're not going to sin and we're not going to, we are guaranteed the promises in scripture. And so looking inside ourselves, that's, it's, it's silly. Like we all do it. Like it's, it's silly yet. We all do it. Like, but it's, it's just, there's no guarantee of that, you know? Right. And I think it's our sinfulness that causes us to do that. You know, it's, it's so, and I even notice with my own self that I start trusting in myself. Whenever I start trusting myself, I, I always, kind of no I always fall flat on my face to go back (laughs) back to the cross cross so what I mean really the question is what are you trusting in are you trusting in the power of the gospel and the finished work of Christ do we you know I was thinking perseverance of the saints do we believe in that and perseverance isn't of the saints isn't you know that you're going to persevere it is God is not going to let go of you he's making sure that you will persevere. Yeah. Philippians, Philippians one, six, it's he who began a a good work and you will bring it to completion. Thank God that it's him. He's doing it. Not me. You know, he began it and he's going to finish it. Um, I don't, I don't have to worry about falling on my face because I know, I already know I'm already told I'm going to keep sinning. That's what Paul's saying in, in Romans so much, you know? Uh, But he he's going going to finish what he started in you. Like your your that, that was that. a perfect verse to bring up, Ashley. I'll have to add that to the sheet because that really yeah. is. I mean that that's a really good one. Good one um, to remember. I think I think what happens, and this is this is something I've seen in my life where. I kind of am on like a good streak with reading my Bible. I'm like serving. I'm like, you know, being like this awesome wife. I'm sure my husband could tell you that. And, you know, (laughs) things are. You're being very honoring and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like things are just clicking and I'm just like kind of quietly patting myself on the back. Like, all right. And then I have one of those days. (laughs) where all this kind of pride I've built up just kind of comes tumbling down. And I realize, oh my gosh, I've been putting so much stock in my performance. And all of a sudden- That's exactly exactly what I was talking about when I said, I start trusting myself. And I inevitably, every time, fall flat on my face. And then you kind of, oh, you have this like aha moment, like- Wow, I've been really, really putting a lot of hope in my own performance. And now that I've failed in some way, I'm devastated. Because this right. whole time, I thought it was me. I really did. I thought it was me that was doing all this good stuff. And now I'm devastated. Um, so, it, gosh, and it's it's like, it's sometimes it feels like a tightrope walk. It really does. Like, it... Um, it's so hard to balance, you know, because there's people who swing too far in one direction um, with good works where it's like, ah, you don't need to worry about good works. (laughs) You know, someone's an antinomian, which means anti-laws. The person is like, you know what? I can go um, sleep with my boyfriend. I can go do this. I can do that because Christ died for it. You know, someone... I, I would go to somebody like that and say, yeah, I'm not sure you actually do understand the gospel. Yeah. That's, and that's where Paul's like, do we oh, sense so grace that. can abound? Yeah. Right. 
in in Rome in Roman sex. I mean, that was so there's there's almost like two extremes you could go to where you're holding up the law as like this is the grounds for my assurance. And then there's the other extreme where you're just like I don't really care about the law. It doesn't apply to me. I'm saved already, you know. Um right. And, and it's like there's this balance, you know, of I, I, I think I'm having a hard time articulating what I mean. <laughs> right. Well, I, I can try. You know, you have, I think you have, I, I know some of the, the antinomians. I was, you know, you have someone who is either an antinomian or legalist. Those are the two extremes. There you go. So an antinomian is going to be, you know, I'm just going to go do what I want because Christ paid for it and I'm never going to obey perfectly anyways. Um, that, yeah, that, that's not, that's not consistent with scripture. That's not Christianity. That is not why Jesus came to die. There's that, there's a video by James White and I really like it where he's talking. So he's watching some girl talk and he was saying, or she was saying something like, you know, some Christians are just more accepting. And he says, more accepting of what? What God hates? What Christ came to die for? So why would you want to go on sinning the very thing that God hates when he has saved you? We should love his law. Even then, we should love his law. And sometimes we don't love it like we should. And you will not love it perfectly, this side of heaven. But we should love his law and we should seek to obey it out of gratitude for what he's done for us. But we also don't want to go to the other extreme, which is legalism, which either adding works to our salvation or saying that certain things are necessary to prove your salvation or adding things to God's law. You know, that's another extreme, which is also not biblical. So there is kind of as far, and that's why we are going to do an episode on sanctification at some point. Cause I think, yeah, I, I think, think that's where and I, I think we should also do one about the law. Um, understanding how the law applies to us as Christians. Um, right. Okay. So I just thought of this question and I, th- I think it does pertain to assurance on some level. Um, when I was a young Christian, um, I was taught that uh, nothing I can do, nothing you can do can really please God. Your good deeds, your good deeds are dirty rags. You know that, you know that um, verse in Mm -hmm. Jeremiah where it talks about the Israelites and their good deeds are dirty rags. Do you think like that mindset of I can never please God could, could take a toll on our assurance? Like nothing I can do, even as a Christian. What, like, have you come across that at all? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I'm trying to think of an example that I can't off the top of my head right now. But yeah, I've seen that that um, same sort of attitude sometimes too. I guess you know? I, I've seen that yeah. kind of play into almost an antinomian mindset. Right. Of, That's what I was thinking. Yep. I don't know if it's something you struggle would struggle with, like your assurance of your salvation. But I've seen people struggle with they're so discouraged by their own sin and they're discouraged by the fact that even in their obedience, they've been taught that even in obeying, they're not going to please God. I don't know. I've I've seen that. Yeah. Like that. But we have to remember that the verse in Ephesians 2.10 that I mentioned before, that we are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus to do good works. You know, this is, this is something that God is doing in our lives. It is a good thing that, that he is doing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I guess I just wonder if, um, we get so bogged down sometimes that, I don't know, we don't see obedience as like a good thing and striving for obedience as something that, that does please God on some level. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that doesn't play into assurance. Just a thought I had. Yeah, and that and that's something we should we should definitely I think talk about even more in the sanctification because I think I think sanctification is such an important part of this. Understanding it, um, I listened. Ashley and I did not plan this, but we both listened to the Theocast episode 
on Assurance Today, and they said, you know, made a couple really, really good points that I had written. I had taken some some notes, but, you know, they were talking about how during the time of the Reformation, he, well, here, this is what I wrote down. He says, Calvin said assurance is the essence of faith. Mm. And, you know, at the time of the Reformation at the Catholic, you know, with the Catholic Church, there was no assurance. You had to cooperate with the means of the church. So you had all of these different things that were going on in the Reformation, which kind of initially yeah. got Luther kind of upset and trying to to change things. There's there's a thing in the old Luther movie, the old 1950s black and white Luther movie, where um, somebody's talking to Luther and saying, well, if you take away relics and you take away this and that and indulgences and all of these different things, what will you have to give the people? And and Luther says, Christ, Christ alone. Mm -hmm. And this was so important. This is why the five solas were, that's why the five solas were so emphasized at the time of the Reformation, because they had faith plus, they had grace plus, and we are saved by faith alone through grace alone, on account of Christ alone. So understanding, and the the other thing in time of Reformation, understanding law gospel and justification and sanctification, understanding those things were so important. And I think one reason that people struggle with assurance is because they've been in circles that confuse justification and sanctification which things are justification, which things are sanctification. And our justification is on Christ alone. Even our sanctification is something that Christ is doing inside of us. But just understanding what those things are and and if it affects our standing before God. But we, our hope is in the finished work of Christ. It seems as if the, the, the Catholic Church was withholding assurance from the people and saying, if you do this, 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 and this, you know, through the church, where you have to come through us, you have to confess, and that then you can have assurance. But if you're not doing these things, then you have no assurance. And I understand why, why Luther would be upset by that. Well, I I think you I think you really hit on on that Ashley because I think they were even look at how they kind of almost manipulated the people with indulgences. Right. You know, you can buy time out of purgatory. Right. And you know different things like that and there was never assurance. They could never grasp, they could never be secure in in who they were before Christ and you know that's that's why the Reformation was was so important, and why so many people felt freedom because they'd been in bondage to the church. You know, they yeah. wanted assurance. This is what drove Luther. Luther knew he could never be good enough according to what the church. I think we see that. I think we see that today too, where. Uh, I've like personally with personally witnessed this where people are seeing people are seeing assurance as primarily what I do. And so when some Christian who's really well known falls in a really big way, like they commit a really, you know, grievous sin, people go, hmm, I, I wonder if they're really a Christian. Right. As if as if committing a really grievous sin completely disqualified. I mean, I think of like David. Oh my gosh, like David in the Bible. If there is ever someone where we could go, huh, is he really saved? You know, like it would be right. David. Now, I understand on some level. Right. If uh, they're living in ongoing yes. unrepentant sin. Yeah. I think the line isn't clear. Um, you know, God knows people's hearts. And, and there are cases where we see people that are just completely, yeah, like you said, completely living in unrepentant sin. But when I see people question 
someone's salvation because they sinned in a big way. It's like, oh, wow. Um, that's, that's your only way of understanding assurance of salvation is, you know, you, whether or not you're, you're sent, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. And, and I see that a lot. I mean, I see that on the internet, you know, when you see these articles going around, so-and-so did whatever and people just, the comments, you're just like, oh my goodness. Like, right. Even when someone is repentant, we, we know someone who is a pastor and had an inappropriate relationship and he, he was repentant. He stepped down, he reconciled with his wife, but people still, a lot of people could not forgive him. You know, they just, they really just kind of cut him off and he was absolutely repentant, submitting to his church, all of it. But, and I think it's maybe almost scary if it's somebody, a pastor that you look up to fall into some sin and it's very discouraging if you looked yeah. up to them. You know, they fall very far if you've put them on a pedestal. But yeah. even pastors and people that we know and look up to are are still struggling with sin just like each one of us. And I think it's also a reminder to never get to the point where we think, oh, I could never, never fall into that. Have, have you seen some of these things going around about this whole thing with, with Mike Pence, Ashley? Yeah, about and his not his rules about his marriage. Yeah, right. And there's some Christian women who have said, "No, that's bad because it it just it just makes it out like all women are just trying to be inappropriate with men." I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. that that's. I can understand what they're saying, but I think really they're act, what men who have those sorts of standards are saying is, "I know that I'm a sinner, and I'm not even going to put myself." in a, in a situation that could be tempting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, I do want to be clear that I'm, I'm not saying there aren't cases where you can see someone who's, I mean, just completely running from the Lord like in unrepentance. Right. And, and I've right. seen, I've seen that. You know, I've only seen, we've talked about excommunication before. I've only seen that happen once. So sad. It's, I mean, it's, it's really sad to see someone, um, you know, walk away like that. Um, but I am saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't be judging people's salvation based on a, a sin, like a grievous sin, even, you know, so. Right. Well, and you know, I think that's an important point when you talk church discipline, where there does come a time within church discipline where the church says, we do not, we see you as outside of the church now. So there, there are times for that. And that, that happens with several calls to repentance with, um, with cases. We talked, if we talked about this in our, um, it was it in our what our confession catechism episode? Yeah, I, I think we did. We now. got into church dis- I think we did. We got into church discipline a little bit on that episode. Okay. So, you know, so the church the church does come to that point, but I think it's a good reminder too to let the church be the one around proclaiming non Christians. Because the church, if it if it's a church that is obeying scripture, they're going to practice church discipline. And if someone continues to be in unrepentant sin, it will eventually end up excommunication, which is a proclamation that that person is outside the church. So that mm-hmm. can happen. Yeah, you know that can happen within the church. And people, but, people who, you know, the whole the visible and the invisible church people who are in the church that ultimately leave or fall into some grievous sin. It does later on. It is apparent. Oh, wow. That person was never actually walking with the Lord, you know? So that does happen, but I don't think that should be our go to our knee jerk reaction to, to assume, Oh, that person was never saved. You know, they, they never really understood right. the gospel. They must not have. I mean, how could a Christian do that? You know? Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that's just the the point I was trying to just cause I, and I think I just I mostly see that on the internet on Facebook uh, that happening. Um, but so uh, yes. we have a couple things written down here of 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 common things we we hear that I I wanted to address. Um, one of the things was what, uh, what would we say? What would we say to someone who says, who's, who's been struggling with a certain sin, who says, I still sin. I, I, it's been years. How, how can I be assured of my salvation when I've literally been struggling for years with this sin? Like what? What would we say to that sister who's really struggling with that? You know, (laughs) my grandmother, I'm actually writing a little article about my grandparents right now. My grandmother became a Christian at a very young age and she died. I think she was 91 or close to it. And she told me not long before she died that she still struggled with some sins. Hmm. And I thought, she said, well, you know, Lord's really working on my life, really gotten me far in some areas. And I'm really starting to get it. My grandma was a pastor's wife. She spent years on the mission field and all of this. And I just kind of looked at her and thought, am I really going to still struggle when I'm 90? You know, if you are somebody who continues to struggle with sin, and continues to struggle with a specific sin too, go talk to your pastor, Mm. but also look to Christ, look to the gospel, lay hold of the promises that we have been given in scripture. But, you know, go to your pastor too. If you're continuing to struggle with the same sin over and over again, you know, I think sometimes pastoral counsel can be very, very helpful. If you truly trust in Christ for your salvation, you you can hold on to the promises that we have and that Christ, that you have hope in the finished work of Christ. Yeah. And I also think maybe we need to adjust our expectations sometimes. Um you know, there's things, I know there's things I struggled with when I was a new believer that I don't struggle with anymore, but there's things that are still there. And it's, I, I think we we think, well, after a certain amount of time, certainly I won't struggle with this sin anymore, but it could be a lifetime struggle. It doesn't mean you're less saved, you know. Right. Um, certainly God can remove that struggle, you know, but also it, it could be, I, you know, I think of like Paul saying he has that thorn in his flesh, right. that thing he's wrestling with and think, I don't know. One of my pastors pointed out to me one time, like, have you ever thanked God for this struggle? Like in your life, like not for sin, of course, but you know, he's, he's put this struggle in your life for your good and his glory. Um, so it, you know, like I think sometimes we see struggles as uh, once this, once I can get past this, if I can just get past this one struggle, then I can really start honoring the Lord with my life. And, you know, I, my pastor, Oh my gosh, he was just like, that's just not, a way to live. You need to honor the Lord now in that struggle. Um, and so I don't know. I think maybe maybe our expectations sometimes need to change. Know that God can can like heal you of things, can um, enable you to overcome things, but He may not do it on your timetable. <laughs> in fact, He probably won't do it on your timetable. He's going to do it on His. <laughs> Right. And the other thing, too, I mean, I can tell you as somebody who's been a Christian for longer, things that I struggled with in my 20s, a lot of them are different than the things that I struggle with today. So help you in one sin that you're struggling with, but you may have another one next week, you know, something that you're not even considering right now. And another thing that people said in our group, and I think this is a really important one, is someone said suffering that Mm -hmm. suffering 
can be something that makes them not feel secure. And we'll do an episode on suffering at some point. But I think this is this is really important. I actually had something I actually pulled up something specifically on on this one. I have a great article from Ligonier um, that I will also link. But I, I I read this a while ago, and I, I thought it was. And it taught it talks about um, is suffering always the result of sin or discipline? And I would I would also say is suffering the result of you, you know, not being saved? No, I mean God has given us so many different um, reasons for suffering, but in in John nine, there's the story. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth, and his disciples asked him, Who sinned, this man or parents, that he was born blind? And this article I pulled up says, However, the disciples made the mistake by particularizing the general relationship between sin and suffering. And I think it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing with this. You suffer. In fact, I think sometimes Christians suffer more. So suffering is not an indication that you are not secure. I can I can guarantee you that um, stuff and scripture is just full of when I did a study on it I I didn't even realize how many different reasons that there is in scripture that we might suffer hmm. and I don't recall I you know it's so just because you're suffering does not mean that you have done a sin that God's you know while there is discipline there are so many other reasons for suffering. So, yeah, your your sin does not equal, you know, X amount of suffering that God's giving to you because of that sin. Um, I've definitely heard that expressed before. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up because um, it's getting late. I, I appreciate everyone joining us before before we go. I do. Well, I want to wrap this up and and just, you know. Maybe we even have some ladies listening to us who don't even know what the gospel is. They're still trying to figure that out. And, you know, because we are sinners, Christ came and he died on the cross. He took our sin upon him and he he lived a perfect, obedient life. We're cleansed from our sin and clothed with his righteousness, those of us who have faith in him. And that is our hope right there. That is our hope that it's not, I saw somebody write, if it was 99.9% God and 0.1% us, that would be a works faith salvation. Mm-hmm. And it is a hundred percent, it is a hundred percent the Lord. So, and if I could hold on to Christ, if I could just offer maybe one helpful thing that I've found is if you're struggling with this, find one verse or one one truth that you could kind of cling to that you can recall to your mind often. I often call to mind Philippians one six: He who began a good work and you will bring it to completion. It's short. It's simple. I I can't tell you how many times I've recited that in my head. And I don't know why that verse, you know, it's just something I heard early on as a, as a Christian that my brain just, you know, kind of globbed onto, but just find a truth that you can kind of meditate on, you know, when you have these thoughts of, you know, when you're lacking assurance. Um, I've just found that to be very helpful. That that's a good point, and that I actually have one too. I always think of there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. because I think we want to condemn ourselves when when we are not being condemned by God. Yeah. So yeah. that is a really really good. So Ashley, I cannot remember what the last week's question of the week is. I hope you can. We talked about Starbucks, but I. I'm wondering if we already answered our Starbucks no, question. We did the Starbucks one last week, and we asked a new question. And oh my I gosh. don't. Did we forget? I think we forgot our question. Okay. Oh, well. So, um, 
We're, well, we're very busy people. Okay, so we're going to come up with a new question. Yeah, so no spot. question of the week this week yeah. because we have to go back and listen to last week's episode to remember what it is. <laughs> so we're going to do that. We're going to do that. So we're going to skip the question of the week. Um, mm. I think I even said I was going to go do a post about it. Oh, I'm going to have to go look. Um, so we will do that. I hope that you will join us next week for a special guest. And also, as a reminder... If you if you have a topic you would like to see us address, you know, send us an email at theologygals at gmail.com or you can message either of us on Facebook, whatever is easiest for you. We're writing down a bunch of great ideas yeah. for show topics coming up. We've got some really, really good ones. Things that questions that we see a lot in our group or people ask us. So I know, Ash, we talked about sanctification. We talked about um, wanting to do an episode on the law. An episode on how do Christians and culture relate. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm yes. very we're excited working about that on a, one. Yeah. We're, we're kind of hoping for a certain guest. And yeah. So We've mentioned him on the podcast. So I think we've plugged his podcast a couple times. <laughs> That's so, right. Hopefully. That's right. In fact, I meant we mentioned it tonight. Yeah, we did. So yeah. So uh, to to be continued um, with that one. Right, because I I did get a message back right away in there, and so I will be hearing back on that one. So, and we do, you know, we're we're we've had several guests, but I think however long this goes on, we will kind of have a mixture of guests and sometimes it'll be just be Ashley and I, and you know, we even have some of the girls in our groups who want to have groups who want to have on. Um, in fact, I'm going to mention one of the admins from our group and give her site a plug. And, and that's Rebecca who has wise in his eyes. And that's a great resource. Ladies, she reviews book, a lot of books that are written for Christian women. So it's a really, really, she's got a lot, quite a few over there. We, we like, we'd like to have her on sometime and kind of talk about yeah. that. And cause I think we all know that there's some great books for women out there and there's some not so great books for women out there. Yep. So, and then also follow us, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, join our Facebook group and, and all of that. Again, we're part of the Bible thumping wingnut network. You can go to Bible thumping click on theology gals. You'll see all of our podcasts and blogs there so thanks for joining us and we will see you next week